All right, all right. We're, uh, you just start in and uh, telling your thing in three, two, one. All right, so who's got some news? You fucker, you don't even do that. Just start talking about the news thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. You just start with the news segment. Think about it. I say, hey, here's the fucking uh, news, or, or here's our, our first segment. It plays the whole intro thing. You've heard this shit, dude. Why the this fuck are you like, who has news? The fuck is that? Just go into it. When I do the countdown, you just start the news. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Shadowcast, episode 6. It is 6, right? Whatever, fuck it. It's 6. If it's not 6, we're going to call it 6. I am Whiskey Neon, and I'm joined tonight with Black Math and, yep. and the mediocre Zandy. Of course, he's being timid as always. Um, so... Uh, all right, so we were planning to do a Thanksgiving special. Um, unfortunately, uh, doing professional quality as we do here at Shadow Systems Podcast on a Linux laptop at the last minute doesn't work out that great uh, a lot of the time. Um, and if you would have listened to the last episode, you would have learned that my laptops were destroyed uh, in the aftermath of my car accident. So... Uh, I wasn't in the... By the police. By the police, yeah. Um, Hacker Lives Matter. Are they going to release the dash cam video? You know what? (laughs) If if they do not reimburse me, I'm doing a FOIA request for the dash cam footage. Uh, Let's do a protest. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Um... I could I could totally do that. It'd just be me, uh, but it would be a good protest. Uh, but yeah, so so we're back. We're kicking it. Uh, Black Math, what'd you do for uh, Hacksgiving? Well, I attempted to record a podcast with Whiskey <laughs> Neon that ended up being uh, a complete failure, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I ate too much food. Um, I totally, uh, denial of service to my blood sugar levels. <laughs> and let's see. I can't remember what else I did. It's probably in a food coma for two days. Wow. How about you guys? Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, Zandy? What? I did jack shit. Then why the fuck didn't you get on the podcast? What was this? You said he had family (laughs) shit, you fucker. Yeah, yeah. Visiting family. Well, then that's not doing jack shit. That's that's what you do for Thanksgiving, man. Like, that's the the holiday. Did you eat turkey? Oh, yeah, of course. Shitload of turkey. 
Well, uh, stuffing. Huh? Stuffing. <laughs> Did you eat stuffing? Oh, yeah. Stuffed myself with stuffing. Now, is your family a cranberry sauce type of family? <laughs> yeah, they had some of that. It was okay. It's only okay. You know, I'm not a huge fan. I don't like that cranberry sauce either. Zandy, I have to ask, what are you a fan of? Because I don't know if I can ever incite a reaction out of you. Uh, your your comments on things are usually just like, yeah. Dude, I thought it was math. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, math. 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 Oh, yeah. Gotta do math. He's gotta do math. Hooked on Every math. day. Every day. Uh, so, um, yeah, what I did for Thanksgiving was... Uh, I, uh, I I met Jules's family. We had a uh, a great Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, lots of really good food. And the big the big event for me was uh, on Black Friday, going and getting a Raspberry Pi Zero for five bucks, not like eighty dollars on eBay. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Jules, Tinker, and myself, we went to Micro Center, which is uh, the only uh, brick-and-mortar store that will have a Raspberry Pi Zero. Uh, so, Fries is not carrying it? No, no, they're not, actually. Um, and I, I, so we, I wanted to go to Fries, and so Tinker and I had a big argument over which one was better. Um, <laughs> and so we went to Micro Center first because of the fact that we cannot find a Magpie magazine anywhere because this month's issue has a free Raspberry Pi Zero. So, uh, we went to Barnes & Noble, and they don't even sell it. <laughs> so, we called... <laughs> uh, well, actually, I went and called all of the local stores, and none of them have it. That Like, some Barnes & Noble somewhere sells it, so it's in their database, but it's not actually an inventory in any of the stores in DFW. So we went to Micro Center, and this is just to buy a $5 Raspberry Pi Zero. I walked out of there spending like $130 something dollars uh, because <laughs> <laughs> you just you do that shit when you walk into a store like that. Um, and so, so I got the Raspberry Pi Zero, I got a USB OTG cable. Uh, because that's how you're able to interface on a USB because it's just got two micro USB ports, one for power and one for the USB OTG connection. And then it's got a micro HDMI port for your display, uh, your standard Raspberry Pi GPIO. And uh, I think there is like a spot where you could solder on a um, uh, composite video. And... Yeah, I'm, I think I feel like I'm missing something else about it, uh, but it, it's it's hella cool. I mean, when they go and they talk about Raspberry Pis and they say that uh, the you know it's the credit card size, go fuck yourself. That's wallet size, assholes. I can't fit a Raspberry Pi in my goddamn pocket. Uh, well, I can't. Not, I mean, my wallet. I can't put it in my wallet. The Raspberry Pi Zero you can fucking put in your wallet. It is so tiny. Um. Uh, yeah, so, like, people are going to start s measuring their penis size by, like, how many Raspberry Pi Zeros they are. That's how tiny this is. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, it looks incredible. It, it's just, like, 
your, your mind wonders on, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. Because once you get it in your hands, you just, you can tell, oh my God, this is just going to be amazing. I can do projects on a scale I wouldn't have even considered beforehand because of how small and awesome it is. So that was like a religious experience of getting this in my hands and getting the USB OTG cable, uh, the mini HDMI cable, and uh, fuck it, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what else, uh, but I couldn't just get that. No, I wanted to just buy a Raspberry Pi 2 as well. I already have one, and I don't fucking use it for anything. So why don't I just buy another one? Because that's real necessary. <laughs> there was um, a a wooden uh, like a wooden case for it that was like wood burned, and it's got like the Raspberry Pi logo with flames and shit. It looks kind of like a uh, like a fifties era Chevrolet kind of cut to the whole uh, case design. And I don't know what the fuck I bought that for. I literally spent $130 for a $5 Raspberry Pi. Now, uh, that's always something that if you've got a Raspberry Pi, you've experienced at some point uh, the frustration of, in your head, you're thinking it's $35, but then everything I'm spending to fucking use it costs at least that much. You know? Uh... That's the same thing with the Raspberry Pi Zero. It's actually a little bit more painful. Your SD card is is like two or three times as much as the fucking device itself. Uh, power adapter. Uh, the HDMI thing, that really fucks a lot of people because a lot of people don't have that many HDMI cables just sitting around. So then they have to go buy some $25 cable or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome and I'm shitting out on it at the same time because there are limitations to it. But yeah, that was that was my Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was so uh, you, full of pie. What's what's the first project you're thinking of with it? Oh, um, yeah. So there is this uh, cool concept around uh, human interface networks. Uh, so th- the thought that I had was, okay, I- I'm really into transhumanism uh, and. Ray Kurzweil is like uh, the author of the Bible for me. Uh, the Singularity is Near is basically what I have devoted my life to. And so the Raspberry Pi Zero is going to be fundamental for me in achieving my goal of reaching the Singularity because I'm going to shove it in my ass because I don't know what the fuck I could possibly do with this thing. Uh <laughs> I, I, I'm just sitting there like, there's so many cool things I could do, but what the fuck am I actually going to do with this? I'm going to just carry it around in my pocket and just show people. That's all I've done with it. I think it would be more effective for me as a necklace than it would be as a computing device. Uh, yeah. You can probably, you can probably build a router if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you really judge your uh, ability to be an expert in IT when you try to develop premium products uh, yourself. So a a real fun idea is to get an old PC of yours, throw in another uh, like Ethernet card, and you can install software called uh, PFSense or OpenSense and uh, run your own router. 
that's really fucking cool, and it can be actually really efficient. And you can build one from scratch that's top of the line that lets you do all kinds of crazy shit that would give you the equivalent of a, of the power of a router that's like ten grand plus. And you can do that for like six hundred, five hundred dollars. Um, but fuck all of that and all of the coolness and the efficiency. You could just get a Raspberry Pi and hack the shit out of it to turn it into a router. And that's what our dear friend, Mr. Chin, did. And unfortunately for him, he invited me over to his house to uh, hang out for a weekend. And I decided that I would uh, DOS his router. And I open up HPing3, and I shit you not, the second I press enter, the network goes down. And I'm in his, <laughs> I'm in his living room, and he's in his office... And I press that button, and I mean, shit just goes down, and I just wait. <laughs> because in this moment, <laughs> he was uh, configuring uh, the device because he had fucked up some configuration. Because that's what he does. And uh, he was looking at log files. So I was like, oh, this is going to be funny as fuck. I am going to just let him have that log file open and DOS him, so he just sees all this traffic fly on his screen like it's the fucking Matrix. And, uh, <laughs> and it was so, it was so shitty of a fucking router that the second I press internet, it just fucking shuts down. He can't see anything. It's just, he's just, it's frozen. And I hear <laughs> from the living room, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> And so, oh. and so, uh, he, uh, he's like, what the fuck? And he starts yelling at me. And, uh, oh my God, I was laughing my ass off. And it sent like an insane amount of packets to him. It was funny as hell. And, uh, yeah, no, th- they're good, but you're going to have a lot of headaches. Like if HP can take you out, that means that like you could do that from the way in. It just couldn't handle any traffic. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and and you may, may think, well, shit, if you could take it out, like, what about stuff like Netflix or, or you know, games or shit like that? Well, Mr. Chen doesn't have to worry about any of that shit because one thing about him is that he does not <laughs> use the graphical user interface whatsoever. <laughs> He is one with the command line. He actually does not know how to start the X server because it's just a waste of fucking resources for him. He he has uh, computers that are refurbs, and he doesn't have to spend a shit ton of money on his, his computers because he's literally just using a terminal the entire time. Uh, the only exception, of course, is when he uses Firefox to access certain websites that you couldn't access via command line. And you're thinking or, to yourself right now, a command line, what, what, what fucking websites are going to look good in a text-based browser? Well, that's where Mr. Chin uses TCP dump and starts writing custom Python applications or bash applications to automate his entire web user uh, experience. And he will bitch furiously when those scripts fail to work. And it's a very entertaining experience for everyone <laughs> who is around. Now, there's him. another exception to that rule. And that's when he's running Windows. Yes. One of the uh, best nights of uh, my friendship with Mr. Chin 
was when I was driving through DFW, not to visit anyone, but I was uh, driving through from a trip to Louisiana. And I get a call from him while I'm on the interstate, and he is saying, uh, like, all of this crazy shit to me about how he thinks I broke into his house. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What? Why do you think I would break into your house? And he tells me that his Windows Vista machine, and this wasn't years ago. This was literally like 2014. And, and well, the contrast for a guy who operates on command line. Yeah. Yeah. You have Vista. one machine that has a full GUI and it's Windows Vista. Yeah, it's amazing. You can imagine all the rage and uh, pain that he has experienced due to that. And this night was no exception to that because during this phone call, he, he's, he's upset and he's accusing me and he just doesn't seem argumentative or angry. He just seems depressed. Yes, he was down because uh, he discovered that his computer was infected with malware. <laughs> and how did he discover this, uh, you may ask? Well, he was in the command line running TCP dump, <laughs> troubleshooting some network <laughs> issues. <laughs> and oh my God. he sees this IP address show up on the VLAN that he has dedicated for this Windows machine because he does not want that Windows machine touching his fucking network. So he sees this .tk address... <laughs> And, you know, it's obviously a command and control server. Uh, and it's just so funny that it's not TK. Well, he's he's uh, all, all worked up over it. And uh, I'm like, hey, well, look, I'm just like 10 minutes from your house. I'll just come over and look at it. And uh, I get there and I start looking at everything. And <laughs> he was infected with this malware before he bought the computer. So, at the store, it was either their image or some employee after uh, they applied their image uh, to the uh, hard drive, uh, had, it, it was infected with malware. And it was, a, it was a shitty little, like, skitty Trojan. And it was on that computer the entire fucking time he owned it. Um, and so, you can imagine how upset one would be, but... With Mr. Chin, he doesn't get upset. He rages, and he gets uh, emotionally distressed to an extreme that most humans will never experience. And it can be over the most mundane thing. Um, but yeah, so he is extremely upset and just raging. And, you know, we concoct this plan to go to this uh, computer store and buy a computer... <laughs> And with covert video camera footage, film the entire transaction, carrying the uh, computer out to the vehicle that's got power inverters and a digital forensics lab just in the back, like in the trunk of the car. <laughs> like people would think it's a fucking meth lab, but no, we're just fucking geeks over here. And take that computer, uh, for the brand new one, open the box, plug that bitch in and start doing forensics in the goddamn parking lot. And if, you, if we were able to find the malware, we would then just go right back in and be like, look here, motherfuckers, uh, what is going on? Uh, we never got that far, but uh, 
it was very entertaining to be there and experience this rage. I actually took a uh, selfie uh, where I'm smiling and he's flipping me off. So uh, <laughs> he's he's not a fan of Microsoft Vista. That is that is your friendship in one image. Yeah, basically. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Black Math, why don't you call him up and ask him uh, why the fuck he wasn't on our podcast? I'd like to interview him since he's he didn't show up tonight after committing to being on the show. Well, he was supposed to be on tonight. He said he was going to. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Uh, he's a fucking dick, right, so call let's him call him. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not playing these games. I have to look up his number. Do you want to look it up for me and read it? Oh fuck, it's dude! Nine one one. Ah shit! I hope I'm I have it. I was trying camera. to get you to read it over the air. <laughs> no, 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 no! You know better than that. If I were to ever do that, I would um, just give the PBX number out. And then have that number configured to call him so that we could record all of the phone calls he gets. <laughs> that takes the place for him not being on the fucking show. All right. Now, before we call, should we do a wager as to like the level of rage? Man, he probably won't even fucking answer because it's going to be caller ID spoofing the White House. Oh, wait, no. Your account just no. has random numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, he won't answer. Oh, we'll call until he turns that damn phone off. Okay, uh, one sec here. I'll text message bomb his ass if he doesn't. Automated voice messaging system. Oh, fucker. Two, one. <laughs> well, why'd you hang up? I would have left him a voicemail. Oh, well, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'm going to tell him how much of an asshole he's being. Automated voice messaging system. Two, one. <laughs> is not available. <laughs> At the time, please record your message. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. To leave a callback number, press five. Hey, motherfucker. What happened to like, oh, we're going to do a show. Oh, we're going to do a show. You know what you are? You're a fucking asshole. Alright, alright, I'm taking your fucking server out. You are having oh you're you're having drive failures? Oh you're having drive failures? Right in here, right now. I hung up, I hung up. You asshole. No, I hung up after the reverb. I thought that's where you were gonna end it. Fuck no. You you don't hang up. You let me do my talking. I'm I'm taking that bitch out right now. I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker's getting docs, and he's gonna get fucking dosed and docs. Fuck him. Do I need to bridge it in again? Yeah, one more time. I want him to know what's <laughs> happening. Automated voice messaging system. <laughs> Two, one. <laughs> <laughs> is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. To leave a callback number, press five. Hey, Mr. Chin, you dumb fucked up. You, you know why, you know why? Watch, wait, here we go. Oh, you hear that clickety-clack, bitch? 
I'm about to dodge your entire infrastructure. It's going down, motherfucker. It's going down right here, live. And you're going to experience this shit. Look. Uh. It's happening. Alright, I'm lying. It, I haven't got all the packages installed. But it's going down in, in a few minutes, you fucker. Fuck you. I hate you. You can hang up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't know what's about to happen to him he, he totally even... knows it's us dude can you set the caller id for my uh extension man okay never mind does a does a <laughs> pancake batter itself no well at myers it does <laughs> why don't you uh i hop Right, this is a great opportunity for us to uh, start our first segment of the show. Now it's time for the feed. All right, so apparently uh, a number of VPN providers uh, discovered that they will leak your actual IP address. I think it was maybe they tested uh, 10 or so different VPN providers and the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority uh, were vulnerable to this uh, type of attack. I guess the gist of it is the VPN provider also offers port forwarding. Um, and via port forwarding, uh, it can expose your IP address. Uh, but the interesting thing is that you don't need to enable port forwarding on your account. Uh, the attacker would need an account with the same VPN provider um, they would also have to know what VPN node or server you're connecting to and would have to be connected to the same one. But the attacker enables port forwarding on their end. And if they can trick you into uh, browsing to the IP of the server and the port that's enabled in port forwarding, uh, it can actually expose your IP. Um, and that's because like when you connect to a VPN and then adjust your routing tables, uh, your default traffic is going to be routed to your uh, to the gateway on the VPN network, which is probably going to be like a, sometimes a private IP address. But the route <laughs> to the VPN server, are you all right, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the route to the VPN server is uh, uh, going through your, your default route at home or wherever you may be. So just because of that one small entry in your routing table, you can be exposed. So I know of uh, one provider, privateinternetaccess.com. For their service, they're just asking customers to update their VPN software, but anybody that uses normal open, uh, open VPN clients or the mobile clients are, are not vulnerable. I'm not sure why their proprietary client <laughs> has anything to do with it, but... So if you... If you uh... These would be like targeted at attacks, right? I mean, yeah, you could now you could do that in like an automated fashion. Like, well, yeah, you it. could set up a website and yeah, yeah, based upon the source IP, you can determine who their provider is. Yep. Yeah. And, and like you could just buy an ad probably and do the same shit just on other websites, and then start fucking with shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, like, you know, uh, if you use the OpenVPN client, you should always do that if a provider does that. Uh, just because 
it's a whole lot easier to know if you fucked up or, or something else. Like, you can trust your configuration a whole lot better. Because that application could be fucking up. Uh, who knows? It's bullshit. Well, like, if you're an activist or somebody that's uh, really looking for privacy but isn't technically inclined enough to set up, like, an open an open VPN client, you know, a lot of these providers have, uh, you know, binaries you can download that will yeah, establish but, your VPN connection for you. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get that, but that's uh, that's the easy way out. And you know what? In life, you don't need to take the easy <laughs> way out. You need to endure. Oh. That's something I, I, I live by, Black Math, so I'm insulted right now that you would even suggest that people would do less than the greatest. No, man, I, I totally agree with you. That's why I never complain about using PGP. Yeah, yeah, that whole ease of use thing really comes into play with those type of things, I guess. Uh, uh, configuring an OpenVPN server is a bitch and a half uh, at first to, like, figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mr. Uh, Chin uh, could elaborate on that if he were present, but alas. All right, all right. Uh, let's pull up something interesting I found straight out of Florida uh, again. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's awesome. I, that is now the name for your segment. Straight out of Florida. <laughs> so, Kathy Bernstein lives in Florida. She's old. You know, she lives in Florida. And she got in a bit of a car accident with her, um... She got in a little car accident with her Ford. And, uh... She didn't call police over it. The person that got hit called police. So it was a hit and run. But the way they figured this out and actually pinned her for it is because the car contacted police saying that there was an accident. Wait. Like OnStar? Yeah, something like that. So let's see. Here's the quote. Jesus, Emergency I thought officials... there was some great reveal. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. There was some no, this fucking just... space car. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 look. It was a self-driving car. <laughs> no, she was just driving shitty on her own. So, emergency officials were notified via a Ford emergency system that the owner of a Ford was involved in a crash. An operator tried to speak with the occupant, but a woman said that there was no accident. Then she said someone pulled in front of her and she couldn't help it. And eventually they pinned her for a hit and run. But I thought that was fucking funny, because... You know, if you have an old school car that doesn't have any of this fancy bullshit, you can hit and run a car, and then just actually hit and run and get away with it, like a douchebag. But nowadays, your car's gonna rat you out. Like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, honestly, alright, alright, answer me this, Dandy. Have you ever, like, just hit a car before? Like, in nope. a parking lot? No. No? Alright, so how can you judge people if you haven't been in that situation yourself, man? That's not cool. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It, I mean... You're not I'm old. Not you don't know. Driving. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I also don't have a nice car, so I don't know. Maybe I gotta get a nice car before I can complain about this stuff. So... Now, I think you can this, complain whenever, it's just, 
you know, I, I'd say like, hey, if someone, if you were in that situation, it might be easy just to drive away. Because even, like, not even about the whole, like, uh, oh, I, I'm an ass and, you know, whatever. Like, you know how much time out of your day it's going to take to deal with fucking running into that car? Like, you're talking at least one hour of your life that you'll never get back. Plus all of the fucking money you have to pay and your insurance rates going up. I could totally see why, why someone would just be like, eh, fuck it. And just leave. <laughs> Because let's be honest, oh, how yeah. many times have you seen someone, uh, like, get in a, a hit and run and then notice immediately that they were hit? A lot of times it's just like, oh, fuck, it was like I got home and I noticed that my right tail light was out or whatever. So it doesn't really affect people. I advocate people doing hit and runs, actually. It, that, that just seems better. <laughs> It's more efficient, too, you know? Imagine okay. being in her shoes, though, like, she hits the car, makes a decision to get the fuck out of there, Damn. and she thinks that she's gotten away with it, and then she gets a call <laughs> from the police. Yeah. And then she tries <laughs> to deny it again. Well, what would uh, you do in that situation? Are you just going to give up on life? And just let the man win. No, you never give up on life, man. Yeah, you got to stick with that shit. And yeah, you got to commit. Lie. Yeah, if you're gonna because hit a car, you don't run. Statistically speaking, dude. No, no. You, statistically you speaking, you, th what? you throw that shit in reverse, and mm -hmm. then you throw it back in drive, and you hit the <laughs> gas again. Finish the job. Yeah. Finish what you started. There you go. But like statistically speaking, if you if the cops suspect you and you're like, "Oh fuck, there's no chance in hell." If you stick with your story, you're only improving your odds of success. I mean, at that point you've already lost. There's this slim chance in hell that you might actually get by with it. So I say lie too after you talk to the cops after you're hit and run. Kudos to that woman. Florida's got it going on. Oh. Uh, hey, so uh no, Since I, the last I, time I, we talked, well, oh, what, on. is it your turn? Yeah, yeah, I got a really <laughs> badass story. Um, so, what's everyone's favorite three-letter agency? Let's go around. Um, IRS. Oh, wow, that's a good one. How about you, Zandy? Uh, I would say ATF, but... I don't think they sell alcohol, tobacco, or firearms. I think they take them. ATF was a good one. Should have picked that. <laughs> yeah. Guns and liquor. Guns and liquor. No, no. They take it from you. They don't sell it. Oh, uh, yeah. They suck. Yeah, see, like, I'd like to step it up from the ATF and, like, go into the big boy stuff with the DEA. Um, they also don't Ooh. do much, but... uh. So, yeah, the DEA is uh, a really awesome organization inside of our government. And um, there is a really funny uh, unfolding that occurred uh, in College Station, Texas. So, uh, go Aggies. Um, <laughs> this uh, girl named uh, Sarah Furre, uh, she was arrested for possession and delivery of 31.5 grams of cocaine. 
127 oh. grams of high-grade marijuana, 29 tablets of ecstasy, and an undisclosed amount of methamphetamine, <laughs> methamphetamine, and 60 hits of LSD. So God damn, that's a party. That is oh, insane. Yeah. 19 years old, and you're doing that. And uh, her mugshot, she's just smiling, and and uh, you know people are like calling her cute and Fuck adorable. Yeah, she's smiling. <laughs> well, uh, she's got enough shit to smile for the rest of her life. <laughs> that's a um, lot of drugs. Oh yeah, so so yeah, that's amazing that she got busted. That's like a that's that that is like uh, an entire spring break worth of drugs for a for a medium sized city. So um, like season two of Narcos. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> so her her father, his name is uh, Bill Furray, or, or, or yeah, I guess that's how you'd say it. Um, but what he is is a supervisory special agent for the DEA. Um, well, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. So he is. Uh, uh, yeah, he he's got some kind of uh, position with the uh, U.S. Ambassador's Office in Panama City, um, and he was the resident agent in charge of the DEA office in Galveston before that. So, yeah, so that's that's pretty damn hilarious. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, now, all right, so put that in perspective. Let, let me repeat the amount of drugs here. 31.5 grams of cocaine, 127 grams of high-grade marijuana. Um, so she got that cush. And the 28 tablets of ecstasy. <laughs> uh, the undisclosed amount of methamphetamine. And 60 hits of LSD. So with all of that, what do you think her bail is? A million dollars. Uh, $38,000. What? <laughs> yes. So I guess the DEA I bet agent... that old lady that did the hit and run, I bet her bail's higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So the so, lesson here is what? Uh... That if you're going to be a drug kingpin, look really cute in your mugshot and just cross your fingers that daddy can get you out of trouble. So. Wow. It also helps that she's white. So that's also. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, that race card. Well, it's true, though. Because, like, honestly, <laughs> only only a white girl could get thirty eight thousand uh, for their bond. Like, come on, that's ridiculous for all of that shit. Hell, that is one situation where being a white male, you're not at the, the top <laughs> of the advantages. Yeah. List. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. So yeah, there's at least other people that I'll beat you out. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that's fine. What you got uh, for more news? Oh, actually, I had a different three-letter agency uh, thing. Um, so what's our next that? favorite three-letter agency? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, MIB. Uh, mine's mine's the DNR. They're cool. They like run national parks and shit. They are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, they actually have uh, the. Uh, the freedom to just shoot people. Well, don't we all? 
what's holding yeah, us back? Yeah, because we're Americans. Yeah, what's holding us back? Oh, no, this is uh, the NSA. So that one. Since the last time we've we've uh, I guess shadow casted um, the en masse collection of call detail records was put to an end on November 29th at midnight. Yeah, that's that's for your metadata. Um, well, now, uh, now they have to request yeah. the data from the providers. And one thing which, that's funny yeah, about that which, is that they have which, access, they have full access until February to those databases. So nothing's really changed. It's just like moved into their hands. No. All, all I'm, the, I'm, it's it's not going to change in any significant fashion. They're just going to try and shuffle things around and say, look, we fixed it. And they're still going to be able to do all the same shit they they could before. Yeah, they could just put their entire like data warehouse in one of the uh, service providers' names, like sell it to them for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's there's definitely ways around it, and I'm sure that it's. I mean, I'm sure it, it it's an inconvenience, but I don't think it's going to really. Well, it's the is that the Freedom Act thing where basically yeah. they're forcing the ISPs to store all the data now and the the carriers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they've still got access to all the same thing. They're still doing all the same spying. They've just shuffled who is, you know, technically supposed to do this, what one specific part. So it's just same shit, different name. Well, the EFF is pretty uh pretty happy about it, so. Yeah, but uh, apparently they'll sign off on anything. That's that's what Waterfall told me. He has a really cool story. I wish he could have been on tonight because he could have told this really good story about the EFF. Uh, we'll have to get him on and, and have him tell that story because it cracks me up. I don't know if he would publicly talk about it, but it's really funny. Um, That'd be cool. I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was shocking, uh, but it's very funny at the same time. Think of it like um, like it's one of those situations where the person uh, asked, "What would John McAfee do?" and then they did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's still in the uh, presidential race, by the way. Oh wow, how's he doing? Oh, uh, I don't know. He's Go still to, trying to uh, get on the it, polls. Uh, McAfee 2016 was it or yeah. what was his web address? If he if he can keep your computer safe, he can keep your country safe. <laughs> McAfee 16. Oh, God. That's that's uh, awesome. Um, so the night that we're recording this, uh, what's today? December third. December fourth. Almost. Well, well, well I, we started late. Anyways, December 3rd, um, the Let's Encrypt project opened up their beta to the public. So, if uh, for, for anyone who's not followed it, uh, the Let's Encrypt project is aiming to create a publicly accessible certificate authority where you can freely get certificates from them. And part of the way they're going to be doing this is making the process entirely automated. So instead of going to some other CA where you send in the certificate signing request 
they email you a challenge or have you put a challenge on your website and then you go through some process to prove that you are who you say they are. Um, the Let's Encrypt stuff is going to develop an, a protocol and a system where you can, in a fully automated fashion, request a certificate from a CA and get it signed. So if you, I mean, I could give a link, but if you look up Let's Encrypt and the ACME protocol, that's how they actually are going to be implementing it. But the beta is open to the public right now. So if you've got a website, go ahead and go take a look, see if you can get it to work, and see if you can help out with the development. Because as, as, shitty, as, as shitty as the CA system and the hierarchy can be, this is at least a step in the right direction because then you don't have to pay fucking out the nose for certs. Yeah, I totally support that. The uh, The entire CA structure in SSLs is it's a total money-making it's a total money-making scheme. Well, hell, what's so wrong with that? I mean, someone's <laughs> got to make money. Hell, that's all half of IT is, is money-making schemes. Well, so, like, oh, you yeah. have to pay for your SSL cert. Yeah. And then, and then they introduce, uh, what are those, uh, the, uh, the EV certs to double verify uh, your, you are who yeah. you say you are. Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh, I agree, it's bullshit. But I mean, I'm and, not gonna... well, like making money is not, not, not really the issue. Like the issue is if you're a, I guess, like pedestrian internet user, and you're browsing to a website, and now if that website doesn't have the EV cert, now you don't get the nice, safe-looking, green, uh, whatever it is. Right. You know, like in in Chrome, I think it's like a green padlock and. Stuff like that. So having like a regular SSL cert, like a totally legit one, can in some cases look like you are not totally, not totally secure. When in reality, I mean, it's I don't know. It's really frustrating because yeah, sure they're wanting to make some money off of it, but then it puts the website operators, you know, companies can afford it, whatever, but it in general, for someone who's just setting up a site, it puts them in the position of they have to pay for security. They can't just configure their shit properly. They've got to actually pay someone else to have security for them and their users. Yep, exactly. And I mean, it can be like, the cost can be out of the like out of reach for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially for EV certs and things like that. No, well, yeah, it, it's a pain in the ass. <coughs> Oh, by the way, um, wait, hold on. I'll, I'll let you Miss, go on. Mr. Chin's server's down. I don't know what happened. Oh. <laughs> but continue. It probably finally died. No, it's still working, I think. SSH shouldn't be working. I'm on it over Tor, so I can't tell if it's working or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get hey, for not getting on the show, bitch. Hey, Whiskey, do you remember the time we tried to uh, take it down by uh, completely filling up the hard drive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, like, W-getting all these ISOs. <laughs> yeah. Um, then he, like, ISOs. limited my home folder. Like, I can't do anything on it. it. Like, I don't even have, like, a Bash shell. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. 
uh, CAs are bad because root CAs. Like I think the whole CA infrastructure, like that whole idea where you're trusting um, some company. You know how many root CAs there are? There's hundreds of them. And oh, yeah. if one gets owned, which has happened, then, um, you know, everyone's fucked. It's like uh, what, that happened a few years ago where root CA was compromised. And holy shit. If a government like, I don't know, ours goes out to a company like, I don't know, VeriSign and has them give their uh, their keys, then then you're you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I was actually about to mention that because, uh, you know, years back, Moxie Muller and Spike was like, hey, guys, yeah, this whole imposed hierarchy of trust that you don't have any say in is kind of a bad idea for all the reasons that you mentioned. You have CAs that get owned. You have CAs that can be coerced by their government. And I think there might even be some uh, government-level CAs in there, like maybe Turkey or something. I'd have to double-check. Our own but... country. Uh, the Department of Defense... Root CA cert is installed by default by all Windows installations. Oh, sweet! I'd have to double check that. But what was that? What was that project he had that was supposed to try and um? Yes, that was called the... convergence, and you would have convergence. Yeah, you would have notaries. So, um, let's say the three of us all have this uh, Firefox, uh, Firefox, uh, this Firefox uh, add-on installed. And we um, we go to Facebook.com, you know, the, the secure version. I go to it, the fingerprint sent to this notary server, and you go to it, and your fingerprint sent, and Black Math goes. Now, if uh, all of it's the same, then it's like, okay, this is legit. But um, if everyone else's is like this one fingerprint, and then yours is a different fingerprint, that notary's going to be like, yo, bro, and uh, you're going to know that it's been compromised. So that's kind of a way anyone can set up a notary server, and you could specify the notary server. So for enterprises, they could uh, maintain their own notary server if they wanted to, or you could have publicly accessible ones as well. So that's what he developed, and I would have loved to have seen it be like a, a complete replacement, but it's just not the case. Yeah, yeah. I, re I really like the idea of replacing the rigid hierarchy with a more flexible web of trusty sort of uh, system. I have not tried to use it in years, though. Last time I did, it didn't seem like it was working very well. Do you know if it's still like, It was very slow. And... It was very okay. slow. But um, there is a uh, an option there. Uh if you've used the extension called HTTPS Everywhere, uh, which is what's enabled by default in the Tor browser browser bundle, um, uh, there you can enable an option for the SSL Observatory, which is basically that uh, idea, but maintained by the EFF. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I believe Chrome tries to uh, do HTTPS connections first whenever you hit a website. Um, I haven't noticed, but I haven't ran ran Chrome in a while. I've just I switched over to Firefox a while back. I use both, so I'm better than both of y'all. Um, I don't think that Chrome does do HTTPS everywhere type functionality. 
by default. Uh, I may be wrong, but I don't recall that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's all get some free certs and move off of the Root CA um, money scam shakedown and change the planet with HTTPS everywhere, with the SSL observatory, and what's the website for the free SSL certs, Zandy? Oh, the free SSL certs. Um, I'm sure they've got some sort of other link to their uh, beta program. Um, if you just go to letsencrypt.org, you should be able to find it from there. There we go, letsencrypt.org. Also sponsored by the EFF. So that's that's good work they do. Everyone go and donate. Instead of buying a SSL cert, donate 15 bucks to the EFF. That's a good trade-off. Um, one little news item I wanted to get to is for Black Friday. Um, there were lots of awesome sales going on. Uh, hopefully you noticed uh, that Shodan was giving a uh, Black Friday special. For $5, you could get a year of the uh, pro account. So, did y'all did y'all do that? Um, I saw that, but I didn't actually try it because I never use it anyways. Oh, well, what about you, Black Math? Interesting point, yeah. Dude, my connection's fucking up or something. I'm going to disconnect and reconnect. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, double so double you check the it. flux capacitor. <laughs> um, so you didn't get it. Well, I got it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, another Black Friday special that was just $5. And no, I'm not talking about the Raspberry Pi Zero. Was Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> They had a Black Friday special where uh, their, their store, they took it offline and they had a page there where you could, for Black Friday, one day only, you could give them $5. And that was it. Like, you didn't get anything. <laughs> Just, you had the option of paying them $5 or more. So... 11,248 people took uh, on this uh, Black Friday special and paid them $5. And 1,199 people actually gave more than $5. And one person uh, gave $100. So, uh, they Bless ended their up, heart. Yeah, they ended up making, on Black Friday... $71,145. Has entered the conference. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you, you, you get the Black Friday special, you pay $5, you get nothing, and they got 71000 bucks. So, uh, they That's are... Um, fucking crazy. Yeah. So, so, on their page where they announce all of this, uh... They, I'll, I'll do a direct quote because this is really, this is, this is really touching uh, with the holiday season here. Um, they say, Cards Against Humanity is known for our charitable fundraising. 
Since 2012, we've raised nearly $4 million for organizations we love like World Builders, the Sunlight Foundation, the EFF, DonorsChoose.org, the Wikimedia Foundation, and Chicago Design Museum. We even started a $500,000 full-ride scholarship for women getting degrees in science. There's been a lot of speculation about how we would spend the money from Black Friday, and we're happy to announce that at this time, we kept it all. And so, after that, they give a breakdown from each uh, employee on what they spent with the money from the Black Friday <laughs> profits they made. And it goes down, uh, it's like an extensive list of everything they bought with the money. So, I thought that was great. Seems That's like y'all cool. thought so too. Uh, um, Black Matthew, back from the dead? Yeah, I am. And actually, I have a Mr. Chin story for you. Oh boy! So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think his server has kicked the bucket. So I <laughs> so I text messaged him, uh-huh. and I asked him if his uh, server just died, and he responded with, "Whiskey Neon left a voicemail threatening a denial of service." <laughs> <laughs> Either it just died, or he followed through. <laughs> hey hey call him he he might answer now oh good call but your voice is breaking up for me so are, are oh are shit it's because i'm doing him? yeah yeah i am let me <laughs> yeah all right all right it's over <laughs> oh you sound so much better man oh yeah, my yeah. God, you sound great yeah. Well, that's what happens right. uh, when you send, let's see, 9 million packets to a person. <laughs> and you know what? I covered for you because I told him I think he was just bullshitting. <laughs> uh, you need to get a better router. No, yeah, you uh, got to stop using that Raspberry, raspberry Pi, pie. man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Hurry up and call him. All right. One sec. Jet Enterprise is Chin speaking. I told you, motherfucker. I was going to do it. And That's nice. Can you stop? Well, what happened to you being on the show? You committed to it. I understand. I had shake him up. Life happens. Well, life happens, and your server... If shit came up, then you don't need your server, so I'm going to take it back down again. I don't understand why you can't just do the podcast and be a part of the family. What do you say? What what, what, what have you got to say for yourself? That shit happens, and life happens, and you need to get over it, and if you can't, then go suck a dick. I ain't sucking no dick. All right. Your shit's getting dosed. Say goodbye to your server. Bye, server. It's done. Like, it's you hear that? Anyway, so Bam. Take. I took it out again. Later. Yeah. Now, now your mic's choppy again. Well, of course it's choppy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to see the connection drop. 
Man, he just sounded depressed. Probably because he just woke him up. <laughs> Are you still on the line? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Well... We've been talking about uh, wow. all kinds of good stuff. You going to stick around now? Uh, no, I have to be up in like fucking four hours. You'll sleep when you're so dead. So do I. Yeah. I'll stick you... around for a few minutes. I'll give you guys like 10 minutes. All right. Do you have any news? N- yeah, do you have any um, news? Do you have a Raspberry uh, Pi Zero? No. Oh. Uh, so oh, you're n- so you're not upgrading your network infrastructure then. <laughs> well, no. Um, my Raspberry Pi suffered a hardware failure, so it's actually not part of my network anymore. Oh wow! But wow. the zeros are so cheap, you could like do do a <laughs> cluster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could do a cluster, or you know, they could power the the sales side of. Uh, of um, big money MacBook Enterprises. You're right. That would that would we need work. to get we need to get big money on the show sometime. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we will. We'll have to do that. Well, let's let's kick it off. Come one, come all. Engaging your mom in three, two, one. Activate. All right, so your mom for this month is, uh, or this week, I should say, is breaches. Yeah, your mom is breaching, and uh, we've had a lot of breaches this year, 2015. Um, It's been an excellent year for hacking. Um, Just about every other day, there's been some news item in which uh, someone's been hacked. We had just recently uh, a pretty awesome uh, breach here. Now, Blackmath, you're the only father of the group, so uh, what, what's your thoughts on this whole VTech breach? Um, I don't have any VTech products, so it doesn't actually affect me. I thought that I thought that teenagers still like I thought that was all the rage. Like, no, y'all didn't have VTech toys when y'all were in high school. I was in high school a long time ago, man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, well, I, I guess mean, I'm we all alone. I worried about BD in high school, but not VTech. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, how, how many how many thousand, uh, thousands of kids was their information? Uh, well, about? approximately somewhere around 5 million parents and over 200,000 kids' personal information uh, was I'm not sure if it was exposed or if there's a dump or, or what, but that's how many customers um, that, missing were exposed insane. in the breach. That, that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Like uh, the the kids, that's how you always get people to give a shit about stuff, you know. Like with all these piracy defeating uh, laws and these crypto backdoors they're pushing, it's always like this whole think of the kids thing, and. Uh, in this case, you really do need to think yeah. about the kids because no one likes seeing a kid exposed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, well, 
I'm not sure like what information like what like with the kids other than name and I mean with customer information you probably got address and contact information yeah, like that but just match I'm not up sure, with your like, parents and then you've got good ascent but the problem is uh, like with identity theft um, for an adult or somebody that uses things like payment cards and things like that you'll be able to recognize some sort of uh, fraudulent activity at some point right because either you won't have any more money or you'll have these odd credit card charges but with kids, if somebody does an identity theft um, with a child, there are not a whole lot of things in place that would trigger, so to speak. Yeah. At least not immediately. I mean, yeah. you're probably going to find out later on when the kid goes to a private college or some shit, but then, you know, you're fucked by that point. Yeah, that's way late. And, I mean, that's probably my concern, like having maybe having some spawn on this planet. Um, they could have had an entire slew of... Uh, identity theft activities going on and their information sold and used and by the time they're 18 and go to apply for credit or something find that uh they're uh they're liable for a shit ton of uh yeah, collections on. and things like that <laughs> don't blame it all welcome to adulthood yeah <laughs> nice uh, this is actually what it's like that. so we're gonna start you off I don't care. I, I don't understand why people care so much about the kids getting hacked, when the real victims of of crimes here, the uh, the all those prison seven seventy million prison phone records were leaked. Uh, you know, like what was it last month? So prison? those are the real victims. You know, you say prison yeah, phone they, records were leaked. Yeah, the phone call, the actual phone calls. Um, yeah, they were. Yeah, that was fucked up. Let's see, I mean, here's the thing. Like, you you like, like everything, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. Um, you know, when you watch a movie or TV show and, and they visit someone in prison and they've got the, the like, the headsets on both sides and the glass and it's over dramatic. Either someone's yelling or they're crying and touching their hands on each side of the glass. That shit ain't real. That's not how they do it now. This is America, okay, where we have for-profit prisons and... What what's the best way to maximize profits? Oh, let's get a private company to come in and uh, run these kiosks where you, the inmate sits in front of a fucking photo booth as if they were at the goddamn mall, and um, the loved ones who want to contact this person have to pay out the ass to be able to communicate with them. Now, there's some advantages to this. You can Skype, basically, with the inmate. You can email and all of this. But all of that is extremely expensive to do. And if you go to the uh, the jail itself, you will not go and be able to see your loved one in these places. You will also get in your own fucking mall photo booth, and you will talk to them. And it's charged, all of it. So if this is a lower-income family... And one member of it is in prison. That really restricts the ability to be able to communicate with your loved one. And that sucks. That's not cool at all. It should be free or don't even fucking do it. But profits need to be made. And one cool thing about it is this is a private company, uh, you know, offering this service. So uh, you're bound to their terms of service. And... Not the particular one that was breached, but one very much like it. 
um, had the exact same style of t- uh, t- terms of service. And uh, there was a friend of mine who is a artist, and on 9-11, he <laughs> was a conspiracy theorist and uh, vandalized the, the 9-11 mural uh, by having cardboard planes that had NWO on it um, crashing into it, uh, these twin tower things. And um, George Bush, a cardboard uh, figure of George Bush, had can- uh, like had cash in one hand and a remote control in the other. So uh, he goes to jail for this, and I want to talk to him in jail. And so I look at the terms of service, and right there, you give away all rights to privacy of those communications. They can't actually be used against uh, the person in, in a in a uh, trial or whatever. So, yeah, that's I was always, horrible. I was always under the impression, though, that yeah. when uh, inmates can make uh, normal telephone calls, that they were all subject to uh, monitoring. Uh, that's possibly true. Uh, but to think that uh, you used to be able to go in and just talk to uh, an inmate uh, for free uh, and actually see them, it's now these for-profit kiosks that just intercept everything and hand it over. That's like like twisting the knife, you know? Well, now, uh, now let's, let's look are... at this from a, from a different angle, though. Maybe uh, this could be an opportunity because if they're... Uh, recording the conversations, I'm assuming in digital format, uh, maybe they could, you know, mine that data and use these data points to offer uh, customized suggestions at the commissary for the prisoners. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice thing. certain types of toothpaste. (laughs) That's awesome, yes. Uh, Google Voice, anyone. Uh, Or Preparation preparation Age. (laughs) You always have to make prison rate jokes. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> always. Jesus. Gotta go anal. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Like that's like a commercial there. Uh, you could be like the preparation H spokesperson. Like this holiday season, when the food gets a bit spicy, remember preparation H. You know, like that's totally. <laughs> Something you could do. As long as I get some royalties from it, whatever. Yeah. I'll see if they'll Imagine, sponsor uh, the show. Talking to your inmate family, and then uh, next time you're browsing the web, all of the uh, the ads that pop up are relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, well, imagine talking to your inmate family, and uh, an advertisement comes on over the call for preparation. Well, no, it's like <laughs> video now, so like you'll have little things pop up on the bottom that. <laughs> partially block your view uh, it'd be great if uh you could uh if you could like market for halloween like inmate costumes just to make it sting a little bit more that someone's in prison <laughs> oh god Oh, horrible uh-huh. person. But yeah, that was a big breach. 70 million <laughs> prison phone <laughs> records. Uh, but they weren't given were they out. Leaked? The, yeah, well, they were given to reporters, so it's not so bad. But the fact that they were hacked and all that shit was there, that's that's pretty fucked up. Um, and then uh, you remember those little fucking kids that hacked into the CIA director's email? Uh, they oh, yeah, the AOL account? Uh, 
Yeah, they, they've got they've got uh, access to the FBI's portal. Remember that shit, where they can like look up all of these uh, fucking records from police departments all across the country and shit. Uh, and so that's like a, a breach that's happened. Um, that's pretty badass, actually. You know, and then Patreon they got fucked. Uh, 15 gigabytes of their, um, all of the, their customers, uh, names, email addresses and shit, uh, with the credit card info and, uh, was not though. So that's good, but shit. We had T-Mobile with Experian. Uh, oh yeah. Fucking, uh, Scott Trade, remember, uh, and of course, I guess one that we could talk a little bit, a little bit more about, uh, Ashley Madison. Um, remember, Ashley Madison, life is short, hack the planet. Um, <laughs> so, Black Math, you're our resident expert on Ashley Madison. Um, but what's funny about that is, Mr. Chin, it's, I'm glad that you were on for this, um, how, like, how did you react to this news about Ashley Madison as being the newlywed? Yeah, were, were you embarrassed that your records might be exposed, or were you afraid, or, or what? No, I wasn't terribly surprised. Um, it, was, it was kind of amusing. I mean, uh, my records were, were, not, um, were not at risk. Uh, so so, they, so those weren't a part of the breach? So yours didn't get compromised? Well, that's good. That not all of the accounts were compromised. Um, but and it sucks for them. But uh, the whole oh we're secure and you know this isn't nearly as bad as it looks. Approach they took to it was pretty funny. Um, other than that, it sucks to be them. Yeah. Uh, it sucks to be the uh, uh, the people whose information was leaked uh, because it does. It's true. Right, well, I mean, it, that, but it really um, sucked for the people that paid to have their accounts <laughs> deleted. Yet <laughs> they weren't actually deleted. Yeah, I, I I'm saying it sucks. I mean, you you are doing an affair and uh, paying money for it, so it's like. Ethically, it's like, eh, you know, most people in society are going to frown on those activities anyways. But, uh, who the fuck thinks it's a good idea to create these accounts with your, like, .gov or .mil email account? You, you're a fucking idiot. If you well, here's that, the thing, right? Like, like, if you work at an institution or, you know, a business, wherever... A lot of this, I mean, a lot of security teams are scouring through this data to see who in their organization uh, might be exposed or, you know, might pose a risk of uh, blackmail and things like that. Yeah, because sex um, but there's an happens. argument that there's an argument that uh, they don't do email verification. So you can sign up somebody <laughs> or use somebody else's email address. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the person that actually that has that account. A lot of dating but, sites do that. However, also part of the leak were all of the credit card transactions. Right. So, I mean, you don't have to look through the entire user database, but if you, you know, if you aggregate all of the uh, credit card transactions, which don't have credit card numbers, <clears throat> um, but they have the email address, 
um, location and other identifying information tied to uh, those email accounts or those uh, Ashley Madison accounts, you can actually see who uh, who really was uh, using the site. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you were really dedicated, you could probably use a prepaid card, but you you that's with knowing that the breach was going to occur. Hell, if I would have known, oh, I would have... I oh, got a lot of prepaid cards. That's all I'm saying. That would be hilarious. <laughs> like I've signed up Mr. Chin for so many dating sites, uh, his email address, uh, and I don't know if I would go so far to do Ashley Madison because you can kind of like laugh off at Asian singles or something, but uh, that's like one that it would be really hard to talk your way out of. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah and so we had that one uh that uh, we had some really cool uh breaches with um uh the like health health sector blue cross uh got mo- like di- two different blue cross organizations got owned um and, uh, you know, there was insurance providers and then uh, hospitals, um, tons of tons of organizations that were owned, involved with healthcare specifically. Um, I crunched some numbers um, and basically uh, the law in the United States is if you are a, um, a, a, like a healthcare provider or a insurance uh, company, whatever the fuck, hospital, et cetera, et cetera, and you have a breach of any kind with more than 500 individuals affected, then you have to report it to the uh, Department of Health. Uh, so uh, what I did was took the top 100 um, breaches as far as the individuals affected and uh, crunched the numbers there. So it, for healthcare records that were breached that amounted to over 100,000 people or more, um, that group of people uh, or organizations was 12 organizations, and that amounted to uh, 111,528,907 individuals who were affected by those leaks um, or breaches. Uh, and then for the top 100 um, that weren't in the 100K or more category, that you see a, a huge difference there where it's uh, 1.4 million. So it's like 1,469,330 uh, individuals. So those numbers there are pretty huge. So once you get like what I get out of that is like when it's a big breach, it's a fucking big breach, you know, um, 111 million people. Uh, when you look at, what was it? I said earlier that there was like 328 million people in the United States. That's like a huge chunk of the population who is affected by that, uh, this year alone. And that's just what's been reported. So there's a lot that hasn't been reported yet. And uh, from my understanding, there's not a real uh, time frame when when you have to report uh, these breaches. 
So some of those that are in those statistics there may actually be 2014 breaches, um, but that are reported for this year. So, uh, and one example uh, was uh, the Henry Ford, uh, like, I guess, hospital chain or whatever you want to call it in Detroit. <laughs> um there was a former employee that this wasn't hacking related, but this is the information security aspect where uh, they stole the uh, the social security numbers, the names, and DOBs for 1,400 people, um, and they also had they they basically committed tax fraud. So they filed tax returns using that information and got shit tons of money. Um, but yeah, they did this to like uh, quite a few people and had credit cards in these people's names. Uh, but they had half a million in, in fake tax returns that they filed uh, with stolen information without even hacking. Uh, so when you look at the actual hacks that occurred and how much information that's out there and how much that goes for on the black market, those people just use it themselves and they are stupid and they got caught. But on the black market, um, the difference in the and the price there uh, between a uh, like just a social, if you have that, that's going to be pretty cheap. Credit card numbers, those are a dime a dozen nowadays. Um, but your medical health records will cost uh, anywhere from you know uh, let's say fifty bucks up to uh, like five hundred, six hundred dollars, depending on how complete it is. Um, and so worth its weight in binary. Definitely. Yeah. And of course people pay for these, uh, records with Bitcoin and the deep webs. And yeah. So why, why would you want to spend $500 on, on someone's health records? Well, it gives you all kinds of fucking information that can be valuable. Uh, you can, uh, potentially do tax fraud. You can, Steal their identity, which is lucrative. You can potentially um, uh, get drugs out of it. So, uh, depending on what you do with the information, it can be highly valuable. Uh, so, that's that's pretty crazy. We had a shit ton of healthcare-related breaches that largely went uh, unreported because. Uh, they're small, but when you add them all up, it, it actually uh, is pretty terrifying. And and how some of these people got breached is really concerning. Yes. Uh, one 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 case in particular. Uh, let me pull this up real quick. Um, there was one healthcare provider that uh, their breach the the way that uh, they were uh, affected was by a stolen laptop. Sandy. What? <laughs> or is someone calling what? Zandy? Hello? Hmm? Hello? Hello? Oh, what? he dropped. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, MP Incorporated, uh, DGO LLC, they're a healthcare provider. Um, one laptop being stolen amounted to 160,000 individuals' information being uh, breached. Holy fuck. One laptop. The rest of this is, like, email servers <laughs> and, and, and just servers and shit, like their uh, EMR servers and shit. A laptop 
amounted to 160,000 uh, records being breached. Why the fuck aren't they using f uh, full disk encryption and shit? You know, like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, there was a Comcast uh, data dump that apparently was the hundreds of thousands of records, like either 500,000 or 800,000, and apparently most or, not, or all of those were just due to simple phishing campaigns. <laughs> so, I mean, your attack vectors for breaches are are many and uh, easy to come by. Yeah, and it really helps if you have uh, tools that are provided by uh, companies. You know, there's a lot of companies out there where, you, where like, law enforcement can um, uh, buy software from uh, firms that do surveillance technologies. Uh, one of which was uh, an Italian company called Hacking Team, who also suffered a breach <laughs> this year, <laughs> where all of their emails were fun to read through. Uh, the, you can find their emails on WikiLeaks, their tools, all kinds of shit was leaked. It was awesome. The um, best part about that is a lot of their work is subversive, and basically they were all just, I mean... Yeah, they were doing some fucking all, shit. Yeah. I mean, like, the, all of the yeah. IPs of the VPSs they were using, like, covertly for attacks and things like that, all of those VPSs were leaked. And Yeah. So, I mean, for, for a covert organization, they really <laughs> got fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Well, they're still around as far as I know, so yeah, not fucked badly enough. Which is which is really concerning. That looking at their clientele, that they would still be with the company that got breached that severely. Uh, well, this was were we talking about this previously? Where it's like, no matter the breach, it doesn't actually make a difference in like stock prices or anything else. I yeah, mean, every, that was on DHA every, after hours. Yeah, I, I don't really remember. I thought it was, but I mean, every one of the institutions you mentioned in those breaches. Uh, they're all still around. Like, what's what's happened? Well, embarrassment. Well, here's something. Like, <laughs> okay, so hacking team, uh, you know, they got breached, their clientele and all that shit. Um, wh one instance, and we're like, you look at that and you're like, ah, fuck those guys. Um, in the same sector, I guess, where they provide tools for military, uh, our own military with the OPM breach, uh, had twenty two over twenty two million uh current and uh and I guess non current uh military personnel well, government personnel uh their information was breached with their background checks and all of that shit uh that's fucking huge uh, like yeah, veterans and active military alike affected by that the government's still in business <laughs> darn yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and and of course, you know, China is is what was looked at for the OPM hack, and they say, oh, well, it wasn't us; it was uh, some gangsters doing it. Uh, meanwhile, all of that information. <laughs> oh, <is>, China! <laughs> yeah, all that information. Oh, you! Oh, you! We'll still trade with you. Um, <laughs> So, so think about it. all yeah. the, uh, with that OPM link. Uh, you know, you've got all of these twenty-two plus million people affected. All of their docs have been dropped. Military, uh, you know, that's just really shitty, especially when you have like 
trolls like ISIS posting these hit lists with military families. Like, it's just not not a good climate for that type of shit to occur. Um, and, you know, when information about you is leaked like that, it causes your, your security overall to be lowered. Um, like, if you used a password manager called LastPass, uh, you know, millions of people's uh, passwords were stolen uh, by LastPass. So imagine if you were affected by, like, your insurance company. You're, like, a veteran. You fought for this country, and, you know, you did a great service. And you want to secure your online life, so you use LastPass. Your, your year was shit. You just got fucked left and right. Especially if you were cheating on your wife. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a veteran that was using LastPass and you were cheating on your wife. Yeah. You had a really bad year, yeah. man. Especially if you were like a tax-paying year. citizen because, you know, the IRS got fucked with 100,000 yeah, right. <laughs> taxpayers. Uh, so $50 million in fraudulent claims there with the IRS this year. Um, it's just, what the fuck, you know? The, the yeah, big, I mean... The big one was uh, Anthem, uh with the healthcare thing, with the uh, 80 million yep. customer records. Uh, and then, and, and here's the fucked up thing about that one. That I, I just, it, it's so dark. Uh, it's like dark humor to find this funny. 80 million of their customers just got fucked, right? But also, like, it was like 19 million of rejected customers. Like, <laughs> you, you don't get insurance. <laughs> But your docs still get dropped. Like, holy shit. That is fucking horrible. We live in a sad state of security, guys. Um, we do. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, overall, you, to survive, you just really have to approach everything like a hostile environment. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, basically, uh, and and like Wirefalls made the comment that you know with all the the owns that have occurred, all these breaches, he's got like free uh, credit reporting for life <laughs> because <laughs> of how they compensate you. Um, but you know that's its own little uh, money making scheme of its own. You know it's bullshit. Like. Um, these companies are like, oh yeah, all these uh, all these breaches are occurring. You better get like uh, this credit check. You know, fucking, uh, will protect you. It's a premium product. You need to do this to protect yourself. Uh, and let's not give a fuck about the root cause of all of this. Our uh, security failures at sometimes really grand uh, levels, like uh, the doctor, the autometrist in New York. Um, last week, uh, this, this woman opens her email on Monday and sees this Excel attachment from the doctor's office, opens it up and it's 15,000 of the, uh, patients. So that's their names, uh, their, uh, social security numbers, the appointment dates and their physical addresses. And that was in a Excel document, uh, your socials. 15,000 people's socials just in an Excel document um, that was mistakenly emailed to multiple patients. 
So that's got to, that's just fucking stupid. That's like the status quo that we're dealing with is Excel files being safe because it's on Jenny's thumb drive. Hackers can't get to it. But by God, a drop and click can. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you got to assume that your, your data is not safe and that you're going to get, you're going to get owned. Yeah. And really, I, I guess at this point, we just have to sit back and and enjoy uh, how royally fucked everyone can be. I mean, I mean, there's things you can do, like like with banking, you know, you should never keep like one or two accounts with all of your money in it. Yeah. Spread your money over a number of accounts, and that way, like, the risk to... I mean, especially if you use debit cards, because unlike credit cards, which, you know, don't actually affect your money... Uh, debit cards. If you get uh, if you get fraudulent charges on those, that actually affects the money that you have in your account. So, if you spread things over a number of accounts and keep smaller amounts and use them for specific purposes, um, you know you'll you'll see alarms faster and the depth of the uh, the damage won't be quite as much. But I don't well, know. I uh, well, I kind of take you... the approach that that my information is definitely not safe with anybody. No, not at all. Which is um, a bad thing to say as somebody that works in uh, security, information yeah. security. <laughs> but it's yeah. true, man. I mean, well, I mean, if yeah. you think about the bank thing, can you even trust the fucking bank? Because don't forget, earlier this year, probably the largest bank heist in history occurred due to uh, phishing attacks and shit like that against uh, like tons of banks. It was like, what was it? Um, it was like a global thing that occurred. It was a billion dollars was extracted by banks, and they fucking hijacked ATMs and just scraped money right out from under the banks. And uh, that was like earlier this year. It was like the biggest heist ever, and that happened uh, at the banks. So for the person who lives in Soho, New York, who goes to this optometrist, who's a veteran who used LastPass, who was cheating on their wife and wanted to have a little <laughs> bit of uh, financial security so if the wife ever found out had multiple bank accounts. Um, holy shit, you had a bad year. And th- it really sucks that the VA dropped the ball and you, you couldn't even get health insurance because Anthem also fucked you with that too. And then you were driving in a parking lot and hit a fucking car and decided to drive away, but your car let you out. Oh. Fuck this world. Yes. So oh, for God that theoretical it. person out there, we uh, we hope that next year's better. So it might it's be. been it's been Maybe. a good year. And, and don't yeah, forget don't the real the the biggest hack of the year, hands down, that brought the the world to its knees. Was when Evil Core got hacked, and all of their records were encrypted. Oh, that that was a massive, uh, that was yes. a massive hack. It was. Who would have guessed that a father, who sees uh, his son and his son sees his father, and it's all just one big illusion, could manage to take down the largest financial institution in the world? That it's been a hell yeah, of a year like, for hacking. It's like finding out like. All of the anonymous uh, hacks were just happened by uh, happened with one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
whose name is 4chan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh. we've had a good year of uh, hacks, and, well, hell, we've got... We've got a whole month left. Let's see what people can bring in for the holiday season. Hopefully, Lizard Squad won't let us down. And uh, <laughs> we can have a little bit of lulls before the the year ends. If y'all remember, it was about this time last year when Sony Pictures was hacked. So, yeah, let's hope that North Korea doesn't do a round two on us. Oh, I don't know. They might those have guys. By. <laughs> they probably had their Comcast shut down, so who knows if they're even on the <laughs> internet again. Yeah, that that South Korean hotel finally encrypted their Wi-Fi, so that Yagi antenna <laughs> doesn't do shit for them now. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh, yeah. they used WPA2, we're fucked. <laughs> You know, oh, we man. joke a lot, but uh, I think this is really good practical advice for people out there is uh, despite all of these breaches and stuff, if you can't uh, see the lulls in it, then uh, you're going to have a really bad time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can be that veteran who had the, who went to that doctor that had last pass and <laughs> that had your hit and run, but uh, <laughs> you'll be okay if you can just laugh at all that shit. Yeah. But make sure that when you're laughing at it, uh, when you're in prison, that you don't do it in one of those <laughs> kiosks, because you'll get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> you watch, they're going to yeah. start using those kiosks for you to contact the credit or monitoring uh, <laughs> services. Oh, God. Yeah, it, yeah it'll be provided by T-Mobile. Yeah, we're all basically fucked, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I will say, though, that if you are the victim of uh, bad shit, fraud, or whatever, uh, the way that organizations respond can be a huge help. I mean, if they if they respond well. Banks, whoever. Um, I've had experiences on both, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, but then they can also fuck you over, too. You know? I well, mean, yeah, it's, so, it's all up to them. Oh, uh, It really is. I, I can tell you uh, uh, an antidote where... Um, our company cards, uh, like this was years ago and we had this like, uh, goofy thing, kind of like prepaid debit cards, but for employees, cause we were burned with a, um, like an employee who had a credit card and they just like bought a bunch of shit and quit and, you know, recovering that's just kind of hard to do. So we had this like a, this account where we could transfer money into and then uh, allocate funds to the debit cards as needed. Well, when you have a bunch of your employees staying in hotels in Laredo, uh, Texas, um, be careful with that. Use a credit card because more than likely, no matter what hotel you go to, there will be an employee there who will steal your information uh, for those credit cards, and they will send it to someone else on the like in states way far away. They will then uh, make a credit card that's got your information on it, and go to Walmart and have a shopping spree. It's always Walmart, uh, <laughs> and 
I don't know why, but it is. And so trying to convince a uh, this bank that that's even technically possible, they didn't. They were like, no, no, you can't do that. And it's like, go on eBay. You can fucking buy the writer for four hundred bucks. They this this is what they're fucking doing. Uh, how hard is it to understand that? But yeah, uh, it, it it can go either way. But if you have a credit card, it's going to be a whole lot easier. You know? You could yeah, do what Mr. Really Chin does. Mr. Chin has 15 bank accounts. And he moves money. He, he, he rotates on a two-week period. So he gets paid in one. And then he allocates <laughs> money that he spends each day for an individual bank account. And he goes in a two-week cycle. So... No, that's that sounds do. complicated, but it's really not when you have a Python script. Yes, yes. <laughs> that taps into all of the mobile, the online banking APIs and does it all for you. Yes, and um, the only time that it's not uh, perfect is when your Raspberry Pi crashes and the script's not able to connect to the internet and then you just don't have any money. Uh, especially when it, your bank's like three hours away, which is a true story. <laughs> HPing three could totally ruin your entire banking structure. <laughs> As demonstrated tonight. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap guys. So y'all have any last words before we say sayonara? Yeah. Are you talking server again? Oh, actually, I'm not. Maybe he's dosing me. Your eye sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's dosing me. And let me, let me, let's uh, have a. Oh snap! We all sound like robots. Uh, hacker wars all over again. Exactly. Yes. So I'll go ahead and end it. Uh, from all of us at Shadow Systems, remember, if you have a scheduled podcast, make sure to do it or you will be dosed and uh, be in a skitty cyber war. Um, and remember, even though everything's breached, the only way that you can get ahead in life is if you breach back. So, as always, we encourage you to hack the planet. Shadow Systems.